Hello and welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. I'm Tony Clark, your host. And today I've got the privilege and honor of speaking to John Schlitt and Billy Smiley. They are the founding members of the band, the Union of Sinners and Saints. Now, these guys are from two of the best-selling or the two best-selling Christian rock bands of all time, Petra and Whiteheart, with over 15 million million albums sold, 25 number one songs, 15 Grammy and 40 Dove Awards and nominations between them. And that's a mouthful. (laughs) Uh, Both of these guys are amazing musicians, songwriters and producers, and they're all around good guys. So, uh, John and Billy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, it's it's great to have you guys on. And, guys, I want to start with the foundation first, the foundation of the Union of Centers and Saints. Um, And I've listened from your your initial album in 2016 and then the subsequent release, the the singles releases. And you guys seem fresh. You seem relevant. You certainly got superb playing. um, You've got superb musicians. You've certainly got a superb voice there as well and also production, but I, I sense that there's something deeper with the band. And guys, in the day and age that we live in, it's, it's full of darkness. Uh, we live in a society that says right is wrong and wrong is right. But I sense from you guys that there's something deeper with what you guys intend with this band than, than merely great musicianship. Can you speak about the deeper things of the Union of Sinners and Saints? Go ahead, Billy. Well, um, it kind of started, um, how it started was kind of a, a fluke kind of thing where John and I, I was producing a gal and I, John and I went to the same church, but we didn't really know each other well because we would be out on the road a lot and, um, we didn't run in the same circles and, uh, what we've, grown to become with the union is really, really good friends that kind of tell the stories of our journeys and it's developed a deeper, even calling for what we write about and, um, and for us to learn about each other and to respect, you know, those journeys. John's journey is just an amazing story, you know, and how can you not? That's Billy's is too. Yeah, but as you can see, all the things John has, you know, survived, <laughs> you know, in, in his early part of his life to get to where he is, even at this um, stage of our lives, just an incredible singer. And I'm so honored to be able, in all sincerity, to work with him and have him come over to the studio. And we we have fun. You know, we've got to have fun doing what we love doing and be thankful for that opportunity. And I think uh, as far as the purpose, it came naturally. Uh, Bill and I both sat down. Uh, when when we started, what happened was we got together as a fluke, and Billy said, well, let's get together. And I said, yeah, right, that'll happen. But it actually did. He actually did call me. And we went over to the studio, and we uh, uh, wrote together pretty easy. Uh, the first yeah. song was one of the best songs we've done so far, I think, and it happened in one day. So uh, we did that song, and then we said, let's do it again. So we did, and um, we realized, oh, my gosh, we've got 10 songs when you can consider the 
the uh, the Petra and the, and the White Heart song we wanted to add. And then we realized the messages that these songs were, that we were writing, we're, we're, we're older, you know, we've been there, done that. Um, what was the purpose of even, even having a band, except to go out and, and, as Billy will always say, have fun. Okay, that's cool, but I can have fun at home. Um, but when God gave us the talents that he has, Billy's producing and singing and playing and my singing, um, and praise God, some of them and our writing together. Um, what do we do with that now? We say, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to do something even now. And we felt that uh, in our generation, you know, how can we relate? Who would we relate to? The young kids? Probably not. Uh, older kids, hopefully. Uh, adults, hopefully that's our, our niche. So we did our best to bring a message that was on our hearts at this time and be fresh to the adults, the older adults. And if the young adults uh, want to have something different, we're there. But we wanted the message to be life-changing, as Petra and, and, and uh, uh, Whiteheart has always been. But I think, you know, as we get older, we're actually zeroing in on that even a little more. And have no, yeah. you know, we have nothing to prove. We just have an opportunity to go forward and see how God uses us. Oh, I, I listen to your songs. Go, go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. I'm just going to interject. And when I say have fun, it's not just this loose type of fun, but there's a spirit of when you're in the industry as young people doing, you know, doing what your passion is, you get so stressed and serious about what you're trying to do that you forget that music is just a great vehicle. We do music because we love music, and it's enjoyable. And so I mean that in a deep way of um, when we talk about having fun, it's keeping the spirit of, what God, of why God made music and really how important it is for people to understand when they hear music that it's motivated by what, is inside of us in a deep way. Well, in listening to your songs, guys, it, it's I, I get the sense of of redemption. I get the sense of hope. And my gosh, listening to your, to your music over the past few days, it, it's 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 opened the door for hope. Uh, we see what's on the news, and it's it's depressing and dark and and tragic. But I get a sense of hope and and, and redemption for you your music uh, or from your music. And it's just, it's, it's a positive and I appreciate that. Now the name, the union of the centers and and saints. And I know John, you spoke about this last time, but where did that name come from? Yeah, I've, I've already said it once. Go ahead, Billy. What's your interpretation? Well, I definitely know I've been the saint and John's been the sinner, but no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) He says that every time. I was going to ask which one is the sinner and the saint, but you answered it. Actually, we had started with the union because, you know, as we're doing this, we wanted to combine Petra and, and Whiteheart with players and musicians and what bro- both of them brought. But I loved our only concern at the beginning was the length of the, the name. John wasn't sure if it was too long. 
but you liked it. Well, it's what we call experience. It's a called experience, buddy. What can I say? Yeah. 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 But but we both but, really uh, resonated with it, and it's a journey, and it's union. The the word union is so kind of special because all of us are in both of those camps. Everybody that's you know alive, even they've been in both the sinners and the saints, and and so it's a it's a journey, just like you had mentioned, even hearing the songs that we're we're writing and we're currently even writing right now and and you know getting ready to release in august um it's a process and a journey and we're still growing and like john said um we hope to really inspire i think the one song john maybe would be lone soldier that really from the 2016 album gave us a purpose for why we wrote mm -hmm. that and to who our audience was. And the surprising mm -hmm. thing has been there are so many Petra fans and Whiteheart fans where their kids probably got sick to death of hearing the music and never met them or heard about them, that we're getting a lot of kids coming to some of the concerts because they've never experienced what they're you know, their mom and dad said, I got saved at this concert or, you know, my my life was changed. And I'm sure, John, like I do, I continue to get emails every day about how impactful, you know, our music and our journey was. And uh, so many people are, um, it's, it's very humbling to hear those stories. Well, not only a story of redemption from your music, but also I had mentioned great musicianship and, and great songs from 2016 on forward. And I wanted to ask you guys this. This is something that, that I'm always curious about. Now, you guys are, are professional musicians. You're professional producers. And, and you know the music industry. You know the music world. And my question to you is, I, I pulled out an album off the shelf here. And it's, um, I don't know if you can see this, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And I wanted to ask you guys, what makes a song great? I remember growing up as a kid in the 70s, I didn't, I barely knew any music at all. I never really listened to music. I was probably six or seven at the time. And I heard Goodbye Yellow Brick Road on the radio. And I knew that was a great song. And I know this is a great song today, but I can't tell you why. So my question to you guys is, what makes a song great? Is it the is it the melody? Is it the uh, the the singer? How, how does that work, guys? I think it's yeah, all of those. You know, uh, okay, you've got uh, usually the tune is well. First of all, the tune has got to be catchy. Uh, the words have got to be uh, um, smart. Uh, the vocals usually have to be unique. Um, the production has to be on. It has, you, you could have, Yellow Brick Road could have been ruined by a bad producer. Um, if the, uh, you know, if the drums were too loud or the keyboard wasn't loud enough, the singer was too loud, uh, you'd, he, you'd hear every little thing that would distract you. A producer knows how to bring together the cream, highlight it, take away the negatives, you know, a deep and just highlight the high, highlight the highlights of the song. Um, Yellow Brick Road, my gosh, you, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about 
amazing writers, produ- you know, producers, singers, uh, the musicianship. Yeah, it, it was the cream of the crop there. And uh, you you had an instinct of saying this is quality stuff. And that's where, Bob, that's where Billy and I, we tried to uh, bring across quality. Now, we don't have the budget the old Rick Rowe did, but... Uh, we have the we have the friends we have the we live here in Nashville or Billy lives off and on Nashville and Scottsdale well, and Scottsdale's a hot place too, so um, we've had the uh, privilege of meeting these amazing people and being able to do it on a budget that we we are forced to do it with we but because of friendships and this kind of stuff we're able to bring across quality material. Um, and that, I think that excites both of us. Yeah. What about you, Billy? What makes a song great? Well, you know, I can, I can tell you, um, in the seventies, music was a mystery. So when I first heard that record, I heard funeral for a friend into love lies bleeding in my hands. It interested me because it, it was it mirrored the times that the world was going through. So that whole album reflected that culture, that time, whether it was Zeppelin or or um, the Beatles, where they were phasing out there. You know, everybody has a time and a season. And John started, you know, with his early band in a season where you probably opened up for so many of the great artists that I never experienced because John's way older than me, but, uh, <laughs> it doesn't look it, but no. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all uh, of that actually, to say is actually, I think music should mirror the culture and the time. And right now it is an unusual time in the world. And there's so much decisive, you know, battles going on in all realms of the world that it's nice to to come together and do music, <laughs> and it unifies us. And we, as Christian artists, I mean, uh, we have a perspective that is a Christ-centered perspective, and that actually is an honor. That that to me is a privilege. We we are expected. To, to be a, a Christian artist and Christian writers. And I want to be a Christian. I want to be able to, to do current music with relative messages through a Christian perspective. Because right now the world needs to see some Christian perspective of reality of the day. Because they're not getting it. They're seeing it through dark eyes. And they need to see some, through some positive eyes of Christ. And and so we are honored. We we are privileged to be able to do that. Well, you guys do it exceptionally, exceptionally well. Um, and and while we're on the uh, the subject here, and I I want to I want to ask uh, you guys about an art, uh, interview that you did, Billy, in, in just a couple of minutes. But sure. a, a funny story for you, John. I was uh, my wife and I. We go to antique stores and we get vinyls. You know, we find vinyls for like three to five bucks and they're getting more expensive as as time progresses but i was flipping through i knew i was going to do this interview but i was flipping through all of the old albums and i i found a um a head east getting lucky album final uh, and I, I rushed up to to purchase it 
at the antique store at the cash register. For whatever reason, they weren't ringing people up at the time. So I was thinking, well, I'll come back in a couple of days and, and grab it. So we went back yesterday, and, and someone had grabbed the Head East Getting Lucky vinyl album. And uh, I, I'm, I'm so mad at myself that I didn't wait in line to, to purchase that. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Latecomers lose. What can I say? You should yeah. grab it at, at the opportune time. Paid your dues. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it was like nothing. It's, it's a shame. That record, boy, that has history. Uh, and it's not really positive. So you didn't lose much. Trust me. I, that was probably one of my least favorite albums I ever did. So you're, okay. you're blessed you didn't get it. Okay. So I won't, I won't continue looking for it in the next no, uh, antique store. I just want to be a collector. There's songs on the work that it did, but uh, it was not one of our best times. So I, I, I'm glad you didn't get it. I'll keep looking for the what is it? The flat as a pancake. Oh gosh, um, you get that, album. or the or the arrow one, or the live one. Those three, those three were the cream of the crop of of Hedy's. Gotcha. So, uh, Billy, you had an interview a number of years ago. I think it was Classic Christian Rock Magazine, and you were talking about I think the state of maybe. Uh, music that's titled Christian these days. Ooh. And I, I remember speaking Ooh. with John last time, and John I th had a similar discussion with you, and you said uh, basically, or pretty much, we should give God our best. In other words, we as Christians, mm -hmm. we should be the best that we can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that doesn't come out. That, that That's not true a lot of the times. And, and Billy, you talked uh, about that a little bit about the state of Christian music, and, and you talked about how a lot of Christian music is, is maybe produced to the worship leader instead of taking chances and, and, you know, going out there like a lot of folks used to do back in the 70s and 80s. You talked about U2 as well. Can you, can you kind of uh, talk to me about that, uh, about, um, I guess my question is, how should we be the best how should we make a positive out of how should we go all out with our talent? Um, and are there limitations, I guess, in the Christian realm? Well, there Can I definitely, say that makes any sense. Let me say something before you say there, there, you can go all out, but it depends on what direction you want to go. Um, and Billy, that, that's all I want to say. Go no, ahead. You, no, go that, ahead please. and speak to that. Um, what I was talking about at the time was the lack of real poets and real leaders, both lyrically and musically, um, because at the time, uh, and even today when you look at worship music, and it's not trying to look down on it, but even country music has the same problems. They're going to formula you know, kind of style of chords and ideas and concepts that are filling one need, you know, for the 38-year-old soccer mom in a van, but it's not really speaking to culture and the pop world in the way that Christians, I think, should do it. Asking questions, you know, um, having a stance about something and um, and just being creative musically, you know, because it's become very, uh, and John, you can jump into this. So I was saying you too should be 
billionaires because the Christian worship uh, has taken with or without you and has taken that music form and rewritten it with the top 20, top 40 Christian songs you can sing with or without you on top of any of those songs. So that's yeah, what I was. It, it just, seems like it seems like the. I was just trying to make it, it seems like the what that we've lost our poets, and you know, like when we do the song, the new single, "We Are the Broken," we didn't go to a formula. We didn't say, "Well, this is what they needed." Um, you know, so that's because I'm, we're more evangelistic. Yeah, we're trying to reach. We're trying term. to reach the unsaved as much as the saved. That's what Christian rock was always designed to do in the first place, and we still have that core in us. We we still want to reach the unsaved to bring them into the family rather than than edify the family to uh, bring them away from the church. It's uh, Christian rock has always been uh, almost. Um, Let's put it this way. The, the traditional church does not like Christian rock because it's scary. It's not traditional. It's not It's not this formula, like, like Billy was saying, that's very comfortable to all the soccer moms. Um, it's it's radical. Uh, even us. I mean, we're, shoot, uh, Petra and Whiteheart right now, I mean, we're tame compared to what's called rock and roll now. But we still scare the church. And, and that's okay because we're not trying to – we're – I I want church kids or people. I I can call everybody kids. Like Billy says, I'm older than everybody. So everybody to me is a kid. So church kids like that adventure. They they want they want to hear something that's that's uh, grabbing. And uh, you know, rock and roll is a very exciting music form to sing about the most exciting subject in the history of mankind. And a lot of times. Kids uh, that listen to rock and roll uh, are embarrassed that they're listening to Christian rock because it doesn't sound like it's not the quality that uh, that their friends are listening. But you play Whiteheart or Petra or Union Centers of Saints now uh, on the on the radio or, or in your uh, in your car, and the friends are going to go, "Ooh, who's that?" Uh, because it's not it's the same quality. It's the same. We're trying to give them an alternative with a message that's totally different than what the secular world is, is spewing. Yeah, listening to some of those old Whiteheart and Petra songs, those songs could be played on, I guess, what's called secular radio back then. I don't know if they were or not, but it's like a great crossover, and it, it seems to me like it brings people in. Kind of, I, I love the illustration of like a C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia, that if you're seeking, you can see a bigger message in the parable or, or, the, or the song. And uh, I just I think that's a great, you know, pulling someone who's doesn't know the Lord, you know, it, it's kind of an entry to something that's positive, just just in my own opinion there. Well, we try uh, we tried very hard. I, I truly believe that. I oh, gosh, listen to Whiteheart stuff. Top quality. Uh, great messages. Uh, absolutely comparable. Anything that was out there at the time. But there are what I call gatekeepers in the secular world. And uh, if it even had a smell of Christian, it was instantly stopped. And you, well, what about so and so and so? So they got well. 
That's because they didn't realize it was Christian until after and until after it was being played over and over and over. And even when that happened, it's you'd be surprised how quickly they, they disappear. Um, so Pet and Petra and Whiteheart was so synonymous for being Christian. No gatekeeper was going to let a Petra or Whiteheart yeah. uh, song through any of their stations. So. Um, <laughs> We had a lot of fun. Uh, wouldn't get played on secular because we're too Christian. It wouldn't get played on Christian because we're too secular. So, but that's okay. Uh, now we're too old. So that's okay too, uh, because we do what we're supposed to do, and the people that are supposed to listen are supposed to hear it and supposed to be edified by it. God will open those doors. And what's cool is we can have nothing to prove. We are just doing what we're supposed to do. And in our stage now, I mean, Billy's super busy doing a bunch of other stuff. I, I stay busy. So it's not like the the industry can dictate to us what's going to sell. And that's that's yeah. the main core. That's why you have so much praise and worship out right now, because it's sell. We, they've been conditioned it's to say, to this sell. is what you're supposed to hear. That's what's going to sell. So you have every, I mean, Chalking out flavor of the hour, all sounding the same. Not bad. I mean, it's good. You've got great musicians. You've got great singers and great writers. But in that formula that we don't fit in and never wanted to. Well, thank you guys for that insight. That's kind of a question that always bugs me. Uh, you know, I, I love behind the scenes. I want to talk about the Union, union of Centers and Saints, the collaboration process, the writing process. And I love I, I've talked about this before. I love behind the scenes things. And I remember uh, when I was younger, I went out to Universal Studios in Hollywood and I didn't really know how movies were made at the time or TV shows. But I remember seeing behind the scenes and it really interested me and, and it really excited me to see collaboration behind the scenes and and things like that. So my question for you guys, what's the writing process when you're doing a union of Sinners and saints song or album um, how do you guys write the music? Who writes the lyrics? Is it a collaboration of, of your other musicians? And how does that process take place, just in general? Billy and I, we, I think Billy and I probably do a total coordination more than any other writer I've ever been with. Uh, uh, granted, Billy's more a musician, so he'll pull out a, a lick or something. But if there's a part in a bridge or something, I said, no, this just isn't, this, this doesn't, Gel, it's not right. And I may have to go, it's this this note, or that, you know, hum it. He's very, he's very uh, uh, workable that way. As far as words, <laughs> uh, sometimes Billy comes up with the strangest words I've ever seen. And, and I'll go, no, I can't say that. And then I'll come up with stuff. He goes, yeah, well, that's, see, he's a lot more kind. I'll write something. I think it's great. And he'll go, oh, that's good, John, but... And I always know that when the butt comes, it wasn't that good. So uh, I think I think Billy and I we write well together. Uh, we have, surprisingly, uh, we because, have uh, fun together. I, I, I mean, it's it's enjoyable when he comes over. There isn't a formula. We don't do a formula to it, like uh, one last shot. And I still believe uh, the guys came over and we laid the music down. Then we wrote the songs um, for one more shot. We are the broken. John came over 
and we we worked on the lyrics, and then John took them home and fine tuned them. You know, he's singing them, so he's got to own them. And he never really had that opportunity. This is what I love about him because he's like a little kid because he's writing his first songs at his age, which is really great because Bob, they had a great lyric writer who was their idea person. And except for what, Just Reach Out, John, there weren't many that... Yeah, I did one song that I co-wrote with a friend. And not just Bob, you had John Lowry, you had... Yeah, uh, Ronnie Case. I mean, these guys were writing, and they're, they're the musicians. So the writer is the last one. I mean, the singer is the last one a musician's going to listen to, trust me. And so um, when Billy <laughs> came in, he actually treated me like an equal, which was a, a new thing for me. The, the only way I could get into writing was when I did my own solo stuff. Uh, because, yeah. And on top of that, let's face it, Pepper had some amazing writers, so they really didn't need me. My job was to make sure that the delivery of the, of the words and the message came across with sincerity and boldness and a, and a, and a, a pro factor, you know. So, but I that will say point. that when he, uh, when he writes, he owns it more. Well, they didn't seem to care about that at the time, and that's okay. But I care about it now. You know, and that's a good thing is what is what we're finding because he he is more passionate. And when you write something, you're not trying to imitate somebody else's melody or a line. John goes in, no, this is how I would do it. And that's part of the writing process, which is really a lot of fun. Well, you guys certainly do it extremely well, and I'd like to talk about, or let you you guys talk about some of the great musicians that you have in this band. Uh, can you talk about those guys? Yeah. Um, well, uh, go ahead, Billy. Well, we. I wanted we when we first started. I wanted you know the the foundation was important, so I called John Knox and Anthony Salib just because they played so well together for so long on the road because with us it's it's doing records but it's really doing a live concert being in front of people and i knew that they understood each other from from the foundational stuff then we got uh, an artist of mine that is really really important who writes with john and i as well and um a very talented guy named Jason Fowler. And then we got a young buck who um, is a guitar slinger and he, and he does a lot of the mixes for us. And he's an amazing musician. And it's really um, kind of gave us a new freshness in the edge of some of the mixing and, and even definitely some of the guitar players. He's one of the greatest. I've always been associated with had the opportunity to work with great guitar players from Dan Huff to Gordon Kennedy to Brian Wooten. And, and um, so some of those, it's nice to have a couple of guitar slingers. We've got two of them in the band and John and I, so I'm a third guitar player and, and just let those guys go crazy. And, and it's just a blast to have three guitars in a band. 
So it's a big well, sample. They're certainly amazing. Now, are, yeah. Now, are these the same guys that uh, are you, do you have the same guys for, uh, on your new album that you had on the first album, or is it yes. different guys come and go? Same guys. Yeah, we're trying to keep it as a band unit. Now, granted, it, it, we cheat a little bit because we have some, like on the record, we had a bunch of guests on it, and we'll have guests on this one too um, because we can, you know. But the foundation, if if there's someone that can afford the band, and it's an expensive band because they're all A artists. They they only go out, <laughs> they're A artists. So uh, if you can afford us, that's great. If not, we go out with tracks with uh, the with uh, Jason and Billy and I, but we do an acoustic rock version of our our stuff, and it really is very cool because it, it, we call it the Storyteller Tour, and which basically tells you, we tell stories about Petra, about Whiteheart, about the Union, why the songs were developed, how they were developed, what was going on, and it's a very very unique. I've never done this kind of thing before. Now I did. I went out with tracks for a long time doing solo stuff, and that was sort of the same way. But uh, that that it's not it's still not because you've got Billy stories, you've got Jason stories because he's a recovering alcoholic. Uh, you've got my stories with Petra and Head East, and that it's just and the stories are never the yes. same. I mean, if you want to go yeah. two shows, you're going to hear two different stories. Uh, uh, on those on those shows, we don't plan anything. Really all, it just comes. Yeah, it's like what? What? You didn't say it. No, no, it's cool. You know, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, and you guys have a uh, an upcoming tour, I believe, and we'll talk about that in in just a few minutes. But guys, if it's okay with you, I wanted to kind of do a retrospective from your first album in 2016, and just. I'm going to mention a few of these song titles and just give me uh, your thoughts. And uh, some of these I like to, to discuss the lyrics as well and just kind of scan through these. Uh, the first one is is Independence Day, uh, certainly with Whiteheart originally. But I, I loved hearing John's voice on this. It was like a fresh take on this song. And that's a it's a great song to begin with. It's a it's a monumental song. But hearing John's voice on it is really cool. Uh, what do you guys think about that song? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, I always love the song, uh, and to try to to compete with uh, uh, the old singer. Come on, he's, he's a buddy right. of mine. Uh, uh, anyway, the old White Heart singer. Um, thank you. Uh, Rick goes to my church. He's a great singer, and so when Billy said I want to do the song, though, uh, I don't know, but uh, but it was a natural for me. It just was a a natural. It felt great. And it was fun to do it, and I thank Rick for giving me all the ideas for the for the melodies, and uh, it was just fun to have a fresh perspective. Yeah, we wanted to do one from each group, just in not to say we're trying to re. We wanted to do it in the way Union of Sinners and Saints would do it, so we didn't. Mm -hmm. You'll always get comparisons, but um, I'm just thankful that I didn't sing Beyond Belief. Oh, I'm too. Oh, I, I'm very thankful you didn't sing Beyond Bleak, buddy. There we go. <laughs> I think it's an inside joke there. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep Billy uh, Keep Billy on the high parts. Uh, on the high parts. On the high parts. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay, I, I won't go any further with that. So the next song, and, and this is a really cool song, A Lone Soldier. And I wanted to ask you about a, a lyric in, in this. It says, I'm just going to. I'm just going to read this. Don't don't think you're done because voices say that it's over. Just be bolder. We've all got a gift to use. What is what does that mean? What 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 are you trying to get across there? We need centered saints right there. You said it, it all right That's there. I think we've talked about we've talked about it for the last uh, forty minutes. Um, we're not over. We're not over until God takes us. There's no such thing as as uh, retirement. In the word, uh, so um, and when we wrote it, um, I think we were sort of hinting in that direction. We saw that that was going to be the direction of uh, Union of Saints, and uh, I think that that uh, line in there says it all. Yeah, and that's a that's a lot, of, and, and that's a lot of encouragement. I, you know, I, I guess folks they get to retirement age, they think everything's over, yeah. but. That that's extreme encouragement that, 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 that God is not finished that, with you yet. That was the purpose of that song directly to uh, when we talked about what it meant. Why should we write this? It's so many people were feeling alone at fifty, starting over. What do they do? Their job's done, or you know they got let go, or their value. And we wanted to instill in them that sense that it wasn't over. It also worked for, uh, for our uh, veterans, too. I mean, it, it really had, when we finished it, as we were reading through it again, we realized that, and then with the, the, it's called Lone Soldier. So uh, we were able to use it a lot of times with veterans and say, hey, just because people say you don't have it anymore or you're telling yourself it's over, it's not over. You've got a whole new life. And let's bounce back to, uh, you know, retirement, uh, retirement age. Nowadays, retirement age back, what, 40 years ago? Well, you didn't have much time left. Retirement age now is like just getting your second start. It's a whole new different ballgame. And we at that time especially, I mean, we that, that have gone through that uh, have to realize that and not sit back and wait to die because – Nowadays, there's a whole lot of time left. And what are you going to do with it? Sit in your lounge chair and wait till you get so fat you can't move anymore? Or are you going to go out and see what's next in God's plan? Yeah. And, and the next song I want to talk about is, is Rise Up. And it, it's kind of echoing that theme that you talk, just talked about. Rise up and rise up again. Let the journey begin. Is that kind of similar to the last song? Very much so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted Yeah, yeah, John, you trade vocals in this song as well with another with amazing Jason. singer, I believe, right? Yeah, that's Jason. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I love watching him progress. Uh, he's gonna when I first met him, he was a good singer. I'd say now he's getting to be a great singer. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him uh, progress. And uh, first of all, I'm always impressed with anybody who can play an instrument and sing at the same time, and sing as good as he does and play as good as he does. So, I, you know, I always stand in awe of, of all these characters that have strapped guitars or keyboards in front of them, 
and then can sing too. It's it's something I, I stand in in awe. Well, it's an amazing song, amazing vocals, amazing playing. The next song is is brother to brother. I wanted to ask about this song. I love the lyrics. I love the lyrics. It's it's, it's a dream that we can make. Can yeah. you feel it now? It's going to take an attitude from me and you to love the ones who don't love you. And that, that's that's pretty powerful. It, it's so hard to love the ones that don't love us, right? Yeah. And it's just, you, again, we're trying to bring across the idea. Brother, the brother sort of cool because it was Billy and I, you know, working together as brothers. Uh, and But the message you look through the whole record. You'll see the message never changes. And it's always directed towards, as you pointed out, to a positive view of the world. Here's a positive, here's a positive option uh, to, to go forward with. Um, because even back 16 years or six years ago, it, it was a very negative happening. I mean, you know, it, people were backstabbing and uh, um, just it and it hasn't changed it's gotten worse you know so so the, the the album's probably more appropriate now than it was back then yeah yeah thank you for that and thank you for that insight now the next and I want to uh, stop with this song on that album but I, I love the title here here old guys rule tell me about that song <laughs> do it John Okay, Billy can talk about that one. That was not my favorite well, song by any means. So, oh, but we love it live. Um, actually, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Peter Furler was with us. Uh, he was playing drums on one of the songs, and he said he brought up the idea of old guys rolling, and I kind of, I kind of said that's kind of cool. And John, of course. On the dark side, said no, it's it's never going to fly. And then we said, oh, well, let I... us go ahead. John. Okay, I did. No, I did. I'll tell you what I did. He Peter plays this lick on the guitar. It stunk. It was it was terrible. It sounded bad. It was just it was rinky. I hated it. And then then on top, of old guys realized, nope, I'm not going that. But I could tell that Billy was going to go for it. And he had Pete in the, in the in the room with him, so I said, fine. And I said, you guys go play all you want. And I left. And came back next day, and, and Billy had, <laughs> had recorded it. And I go, well, this is sort of cool, dang it. And so we did it, and it, it turned out to be one of the most, probably one of the favorites of, of the record. And and I like it too. I I do. It's fun to play it live. Um, it's a fun live says, song, and it needed it needed yeah. lightness, and we didn't have that. So, um. and I and I do it on my solo stuff. I, I, I yeah. I've done all guys as a solo artist. So, you know, never who's to say that I know it all? Never never have said. I just have an attitude. What can I say? Well, I think guys over 50 now, they can certainly relate to that. I, I, you know, getting ready to turn 54 here and the older I get, the the shorter the time gets. So uh, that that's really relatable. And uh, I didn't know if that was like an autobiographical song or just uh, or what. But uh, I love the title. I love the the sound of the song. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's 
it's fun to play with live too because we go, and it's not just for old ga- guys; it's for all gals too. Well, so they you love old it. guys and you yeah, old gals. Like I think they like it more than we I do. Didn't... Yeah. Oh, they I didn't want to say that. They. Oh, oh yeah. They scream it out. Yeah. It's like old oh, guys rule. It's like yeah. It's our anthem. I, I, I said that. Uh, I say from now, okay, anybody, and I, and I get real. I say anybody over forty, hold, hold your, hold your hands. Aren't you tired of these young kids telling you you're old? Well, I'll tell you right now, old guys rule and old gals rule. And then you hear the girls go, yeah. So it's <laughs> it's fun. It's just basically saying that again. Once you pass an age, you feel that you're turning old, get over it. There's too much to do. That's great. Advice, good advice. And so we'll go through the singles leading up to the new um, release and the new album that's coming out. So the first one, the uh, tell me about in 20, I think it's 2017, the Unplugged Medley. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? What was the intent behind Unplugged Medley? I hate medleys. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we Is have, that the best we have can a do, whole Billy? story, and I won't, I won't go through it right now because we'll save it for if you come out and see us live. But um, the Would songs, incidentally, we wanted to highlight, you know, four of our past history songs. And John and I took a lot of time to put together the arrangement, the flow of how it would really flow in a really 10-minute way of doing four of our favorite songs. And we, I really, to this day, we do it every time we play because it's that important and people resonate with it. So if you're a a Whiteheart and a Petra fan, it's like a, a dream come true to listen to that song. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's a beautiful it, it's a beautiful medley. Uh, although, yeah, we'll say no more. It's a beautiful medley. Well, let's move on from there, guys, and talk about in 2019, I believe, the single "One More Shot." And I love the bass, I guess, in the beginning of this song. Uh, we all do. I, I love the bass <laughs> sound and the hard edge. Yeah, I, I love I love bass. But uh, tell me, who, who's the bass player? That's Anthony. That Anthony? And and when Anthony yeah. heard it, uh, we had a mixing guy uh, from out in L.A. Um, do this song, and he just, you know, he, he put it in all of our faces in a big way. And that's really what the statement of that song, you know, says. We're here. Um, again, it's still a continuation of our ideas, One More Shot. And this one isn't a heavy, lyrical, deep kind of song. It was one for us to just rock (laughs) and to have a good time doing the music. And we had John on the second verse kind of do kind of a talky, Aerosmithy kind of verse, you know, attitude. It was was a John attitude uh, second verse. Uh, it, that's what and I love that. That's what I'm like when I'm riding with Billy. Yeah, I, I'm telling him. Ah, that's, ah, that's. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the second verse is more more my writing attitude. <laughs> and and I love and that. that is, 
that song, when that song was finished, I wasn't that excited about it. And um, I listen to Spotify, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, and I'm not uh, promoting Spotify by any means, but on my car, and uh, I heard it uh, on there, heard that song on there, and I'm going, wow, that sounds pretty good. That That's actually pretty, you know, compared to all the other songs that were happening at that time. Well, that's a stomping song. That's got uh, so. It's now probably one of my favorites. But it is a great song, and and from there we move on to another single. I still believe, and I've got to ask you, who are the who are the lady backup singers here? They they are tremendous. Um, they um, after we got done with that session, um, I thought to try and do it because to separate us from the normal rock kind of things john and i thought let's bring them in uh to give it um because russ taft did such an incredible version we wanted ours to have a little different element to it and so uh their names are duana hughes and larissa J, and they're both accomplished singers in nashville that i use a lot on my other projects and duana the the one that really rips it. She is a huge Petra fan. And so it was so much fun for both of them to come in and sing and to be part of this. So uh, that that was just uh, part of our Rockify series. We we haven't done much of it, but where we wanted to Rockify certain songs in a way that would express our approach as the Union of Sinners and Saints to doing songs and to have the freedom to be creative in a different way, in a different light. It's definitely creative. It's definitely rockified. And I encourage folks to listen to that song. So guys, we're going to come to the, the, to the new stuff, the new release. We are the broken. And uh, I've got this, I've listened to the song many times yesterday and I've, I've still got it playing in my head. So that that's great. But uh, talk about this song, the single, we are the broken. Um, what's the Genesis for this specific song? Is there a, a thought behind it or um, tell me a little bit about this song? Well, the music started three years ago on our last tour. Uh, Billy and Jason yep. were, were in the uh, uh, hotel room next to me and, uh, uh, when the when the <laughs> when the guitar players are playing, it's like uh, just just do your thing. I, I, and they're in there doing, and they're finding this lick. And, and Jason actually, I think, came up with the idea of the lick, and then Billy, and then, then worked together. And then it sort of disappeared. I mean, with COVID and all that garbage, we we had to uh, pretty much sort of fade away for a while. And Billy pulled it out. What six months six months ago, Billy? Um, yeah. And uh, well, we had written, so, you know, uh, we had written three or four songs at that period, uh, John, when we were there, mm -hmm. Ideas. That was the one that jumped out, and I brought John over, and we just started writing a bunch of lyrics and ideas. I think it was John's idea that cemented the whole thing, and it felt... Um, kind of like we we're in a battle and we wanted John. Well, actually, no, the title came from Jason. The title came from Jason. In fact, the whole chorus came from Jason, but, uh, and it was, it was 
I, I love victory songs like that. I, I love I love uh, anthem songs like that. Uh, but I wanted to try to make it a little something a little more than just go out there and kill the enemy and be a warrior for God. And, all. and, and uh, I wanted I wanted that same idea, but I wanted to be able to say it in a little different way. And that took a while. I mean, we I man, how many times did I rewrite that thing? You know, we. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to do my share because Jason and Billy had already given an amazing uh, foundation and everything. So I wanted to do my part. So I went in and and rewrote the thing two, or three, two or three times. And finally, I think it came together. Well, it, it seems like it's a deep song, spiritual wise, but it's also a fun song. You've got the haze and the now nows. And I want to ask you, who did the haze and who did the now nows? Uh, that's John and I. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted yeah, yeah, that's we, a we wanted to be kids again. Yeah, you know, we're in the in the studio. You know, the the roaring the roaring kids of of the uh, 60s. What can I say? Yeah, that, that that's always, a cool song. So guys, tell yeah, me about, I on. always liked um in the in the middle section we created that because, again, the guitar riff, and then we doubled the guitar riff, and then I said, John, I want you to sing it and then take it up an octave. So that's just a, a musical plethora of having fun in, the, in that whole middle section, which you don't hear too much anymore. Well, if this opening song or this single release is any indication of what's to come in this album, I'm really looking forward to it, and I, I believe it will be. Uh, but tell me about the new album. When is it coming out? Slated for August 29th, John. John never knows, but that's what we're shooting because for. Only because he's a studio guy, and I'm in there. I'm in my wood shop working on projects. What can I say? Yeah, he has to prime me from my, from my hammer just to go sing most of the time. That That's funny. Now, um, now the the tour dates. Uh, you guys are going out on tour for this, right? When mm -hmm. does that start? Yeah, we're just well, doing our first, uh, our first dates in three years because of COVID. So uh, it's September. I think the eighteenth. No, no, no. no, 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 July twenty second. Oh yes. Yeah, we you had a job, July twenty second, yeah. and that's sort of a that'll be the first date. But most of them are in September. Yes. I'm looking at the, the, the ones for like September 15th to September 23rd. It looks like you guys are primarily in the upper Midwest at, at these shows, right? Yes. At this moment, yeah. We'd like to be all over the country. But, uh, again, um, you can only be available. And if people feel the value of it and see the see the vision of it, then God will give it to them, and then we'll be there, and we'll and we'll see how God does it. Yeah. Uh, and all we can do is be the best we we can be. And the folks that have that trust us and want us, um, they will be very pleased. Yeah. Now, if someone's watching or listening to the podcast and and they want to try to set something up or a date for you guys at a certain location, what do they have to do? Um, they have to, um, there is information on that list on Facebook of a, a, a gal named Linda or Sue Dempster, uh, John's assistant. Just contact them. There's an email there and um, just request. 
what we try and do is route a, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if we're up in the Northwest or the Southeast or wherever, so we can do two or three shows together so it cohesively makes sense. And uh, I'll, I'll provide all of the, your links uh, beneath the video, guys. But I want to ask, when someone comes to a, uni um, universe, a Union of Sinners and Saints tour, they see you guys on tour, what should they expect? Um, well, if it's storyteller, which is what we're talking about now, it's going to be an intimate rock show. Um, it, but when, and I mentioned intimate because it's uh, it's exciting, but it's also personal. And you can sit down if you want to, or you can stand up if you want to, but you are going to find out a lot about what made Petra and Whiteheart click, what makes the union click, what makes Billy and I click at this moment, and Jason. Uh, it's it's very personal, and and it intertwines with the songs that you may love, the song why the song was written in the first place, sort of like our interview right now, um, but carried to uh, you know possibly different stories because, like I said, they're never the same. Um, but Billy has a lot to say, and, and and apparently yeah. so do I, and Jason also. He's he's uh, uh, there's a depth to it that I think uh, you'd enjoy. Bring your friends. Uh, again, uh, uh, it may be acoustic, but it's it. Billy and Jason can stomp with the acoustic guitar, and we have tracks with it, so it makes it even bigger. It's it's a lot of, it, uh, and the, all three of us sing, so it's a, a quality thing. That, like I said, if we, if we're going to call ourselves a Christian artist, we better be the best we can be, and uh, I'm glad to be able to be part with these with these two other guys. Yeah. So, guys, let's let's finish up. I'm going to throw you a curveball here to a couple of crazy questions. Um, but I'm curious, living or dead, who would you guys love to play with on stage? Huh. Famous musicians, famous singers, maybe that have passed or still with us. Maybe the Eagles, because I like the high harmonies. I just saw them in Nashville. They were amazing. Okay, uh, either Toto, Toto, or uh, uh, um, oh shoot, Journey, uh, the old Journey with the real singer. <laughs> not, not the imitation, right? No, he's real good. He's a good. Yeah. He's, he's, but uh, he's not uh, Steve. So he's not Steve yeah, Perry. Uh, those two, those two bands. I just, I just saw them live too, and. Uh, it reminds me back when I was touring with them in the seventies, how amazing they were. And uh, yeah. if I was going to sing with the band, that that'd be it. Okay, final question, guys. What's in, what's in your MP3 player when you get into your car, your truck? What are you guys listening to currently? Talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, if I listen to music, it's probably it's either classic rock or it's a. Uh, um, uh, Spotify, and that that's pretty much stuff that that I like to hear, like Whiteheart, Petra, uh, Striper, some some of Striper stuff. Uh, um, so Christian Christian bands that that you don't hear much anymore, but uh, had some amazing records uh, 
that were really, to me, top quality. Um, and that's usually my, my, or, and, uh, white, you know, White Heart Petra and, and the Union. I've got as much Union stuff in there as I do, uh, White Heart and Petra. What about you, Billy? I've been listening to Sirius Radio, uh, the Tom Petty channel, because even though he is passed, he uh, talks about the music. He's got a, a program on it where he's, uh, you know, the podcast kind of person, and he's talking about all kinds of music from his early years of all of his influences. And I love to hear, at my age now, I love to hear the reasons behind what we're doing with Storyteller, telling the reasons behind the music. And so the Tom Petty channel and, of course, the Beatles channel, I've been getting into both of those. I guess it's hard to go wrong with the Beatles. But, guys, do you want to uh, speak about any projects that, that you're doing and conclude with uh, besides Union of Centers and Saints? Are you guys involved in any other projects that you want to talk about? No, no. I think for me that covers – I mean, it's a right. That's probably our main focus right now, musically for me. Now, I do. I will mention the Jay Seculo band because it's uh, totally unique, and uh, I have a ball with that, and uh, um, I'm very proud of that also. So, um, and okay, and Petra your solo in, in Germany coming up, and I, and I have a solo career uh, with my with my Go record coming out. That uh, I've got a band built for that. And, and if there's any interest, I'll be loving loving to take it out and showcase it finally. Yeah. What about you, Billy? Well, I produce a lot of artists. I'm working on another fun project for me that's um, kind of takes me back to um, a college buddy, and so it's kind of just right now in the working aspects of it. But it'll be something fun probably for next year. Because I love doing music. I love performing and different opportunities. So, you know, it's different than yeah, the you union. Yeah, you love music. I do. I just, yeah. I'm so thrilled and honored to work with a lot of these young artists and, and see their dreams and their ideas. You're talking about me. Yeah. Well, I brought John yeah, in me, on me, one of this. Uh, I brought John in to sing one of these songs for this Guy, I've got to send you that mix, by the way, John. You would like it. Yeah, you keep saying you're going to. Yeah, I know. But uh, we're always doing some stuff. I'll have to send you, um, Tony, a few samples. It's everything from classical to pop music to down and dirty Chris Stapleton country stuff and a lot of fun things. I, I would I would love to listen to that, and I can't wait to 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 hear about your tour and and maybe uh, catch one of your shows. And I'm I'm really waiting for the album uh, to come out in the next uh, couple of months or so. But guys, I just want to I can't thank you enough for coming on the program again, John Schlitt and and Billy Smiley. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm going to ask you to hang on for just a couple of minutes after the conclusion of the program. But thank you guys tremendously. Thank You're you. You're welcome, Tony. It's always fun to talk to you, buddy. And until next time.